you guys. Thank you. <laughs> you okay? All right. Hey, I want to invite you to grab your Bible, if you will, or maybe your iPad or your iPhone or your Android device. We're going to study God's Word together. And um, I'm in a series called I Love My Church. And um, we're talking about how we all can love our church in different ways, but God wants us to really love the church the way he planned the church to be. So every week in this series, I'm kind of reminding you that the church, when it's not done right, can really hurt people, okay? And it can really stink to high heaven. As a matter of fact, I even like to say it this way, I think it hurts the heart of God and stinks to God when the church isn't done right. But when the church is done the right way, the church is the hope of the world. When the church is done the right way and God is, he is the Lord of the church and he is leading the, the directives and the activities of the church and he's leading God's people in the church, I'm telling you, it, can be the, it is the most powerfully redemptive thing on the planet. So during this series, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I love my church, but teach me how to have a love like you have for what the church is to be. And so every Sunday, we're kind of talking about one aspect. Today, we're going to talk about serving, okay? So if you've got that outline in front of you, I invite you to grab a pen. Maybe you take some notes. I'm going to invite you to, to take some notes while we're um, some fill in the blanks. But maybe the most important thing you would run that piece of paper is nothing that I'm going to say. It might be a new insight that God would give you. It might be a whisper that God would give you about your life or, or your giftings, your, your service, okay? So metaphorically today, I want to talk to you about superheroes. All right, now, did you have a superhero when you were growing up? Think about it. Who was your favorite superhero? Think about it for yourself. Who did you love the most? Can I tell you mine? This is my favorite superhero when I was growing up. Now, some of you are probably like me, but some of you other dark people, you said Batman, you know, or, or whatever, Spider-Man. That's okay, but this was my guy. And, ba and really, let me tell you why this was my guy. This is my favorite superhero. It wasn't because of this guy. It was because of this guy. Do you remember this guy? Christopher Reeves. Man, when I was a kid, I'm going to date myself a little bit, okay? When I was a kid and the Superman movies came out, Oh my goodness. I mean, I would go watch that movie and come home and tie, a, literally, tie a towel or a sheet around my neck and go flying around the house. That was, I mean, kids love superheroes, right? And what's interesting is beyond Christopher Reeve, which by the way, if you go back and watch those movies now, they kind of look super, super hokey, right? Now they've reinvented the whole thing, right, with these new guys. Um, and you got Superman that looks a lot different from old Christopher Reeve. It looks like this now. You know, he's... It's a whole new genre coming about to tell the story of Superman. Now, why did I love Superman? Or, or here's a question for you. Whatever your superhero was, why did you like your superhero? See, for me, Superman was the super man, right? He was indestructible. He was unstoppable. He had the eye thing going on, right? He had the bullet thing going on. He could do all these things. And by the way, it's okay if Superman's not your person, but you probably have a whole list of reasons about why you liked your superhero. Now, what's interesting is in this world we live in, there's a fascination with Superman and, and, and Batman, right, and all this stuff going on. We're going to talk more about that later on. But there's a fascination. And as a matter of fact, beyond the fascination, there's a fandom that's been born. I mean, people are crazy about all this stuff. So I went to Webster's this week, and look on your outline there. I looked up the definition of a superhero, and I've given it to you right there from Merriam-Webster, okay? 
Merriam-Webster says this about a superhero. A superhero, by definition, is a fictional hero having extraordinary or superhuman powers. And then another one is an exceptionally skillful or successful person. Now, let me, let me just tell you real quickly, I hardly ever argue with Merriam-Webster, okay? Their job is to create definitions, and they do it quite well. I don't like this definition of a superhero. Now, I want you to ask yourself while you're looking at that, is that really what a superhero is? I mean, let's look at it again. A fictional hero having extraordinary or superhuman powers and exceptionally skillful or successful person. See, here's my problem with that definition. A superhero is so much more than that. I mean, don't you agree? Superheroes are not just people who, are, who have superpowers, okay? And, and they are extraordinary. They're actually people that do stuff, right? I mean, if, you're, if you just got supernatural powers and you're a guy sitting on a couch, you're just a guy sitting on a couch if you're not doing anything, right? You're a superhero, right? If you are actionable and taking action to be a hero. That's completely missing in that definition. So you can be a person that's having, a fictional hero having extraordinary superhuman powers, but what are you doing? Are you helping Gotham? Are you helping Metropolis? Are you trying to save the day? See, a superhero, I think they missed the mark. I don't know about you. I think a superhero is a person who has powers, but they've been placed in a city to make a difference. And yes, they have to grapple with their powers and figure out how they use their powers and, and all that. I get that, right? But at the end of the day, the superhero is trying to make a difference. They, it takes action to make a hero. As a matter of fact, I didn't plan on you writing that down, but would you write that down right, right, right there next to that hero definition? It takes action to be a superhero. You don't, you don't get to be a superhero by eating potato chips and sitting on the couch. It takes action to be a superhero, more than superpowers. Now, you might say to yourself, and I hope you do, what in the world has that got to do with me, all right? What, what in the world does this have to do with church today? What does this have to do with me? Are you ready? It's going to be hard for some of you to write this, but I want you to write down point number one. Write this down. I have superpowers. Write that down. I have superpowers, spiritual gifts. I want to talk to you a little bit about what the Bible talks about are superpowers, but I want to do it in the context of a couple of scriptures, okay? So if you have your Bible, if you want to read with me from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4, read this with me. And if you don't mind, underline some things and maybe take some notes around the scripture a little bit together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 7. The Bible says this. There are different kinds of gifts, underline, un underline those four words real quickly, different kinds of gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit dist distributes them. There are different kinds of service. Oh, there's four more words, different kinds of service. Underline those four. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. Oh, there's another four words, different kinds of working. But in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to, each one of the, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given, and final four words here, for the common good. Would you underline that? For the common good. Now, 
look up with me if, you're, if, you, if you will for just a minute. Kind of leave your notes for a minute. Paul is writing to some people he loves a lot. These are people that he has planted a church right there in their hometown. They have become Christ followers. They were from all different kinds of places. Some of them were Greek and Gentile and Jew, and they were all, but he's, he's brought these people to Christ. They're Christ followers, and he's wanting to help them understand that the Holy Spirit has empowered them with gifts to do a work of God. Now, notice what Paul says. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, different kinds of service, different kinds of working. I think that's easily understandable what he's trying to share just through that simple metaphor of a superhero, okay? Maybe you would draw out from where it says different kinds of gifts. Maybe just do a little line out from that and write the word powers. What he's saying is there are gifts, there are powers that Christians have, that God's given them, spiritual gifts, powers that they have at their disposal. There are different kinds of gifts. And there are different kinds of service. Maybe right out from there you would write the word abilities, okay? abilities. So powers, if powers are the different things that maybe Superman has versus Wonder Woman versus Spider-Man because of the spider bike, they have different powers, right? But because they have different powers, one can see through lead and oh, oh, I, I see through everything but lead, right? One can, one can uh, run fast or fly fast. One can climb walls. Because they dif have different kinds of powers, they also have different kinds of abilities. They can do different things, okay? They can do different things. You don't want to see Spider-Man try to, you know, stop a, you know, a moving train as easy as Superman could do it, you know? They have different kinds of abilities. Watch this. What's that last word? And it says different kinds of working. Different kinds of working. Maybe right out from that you would write the, the word um, context or city. This is where they are. This is what they're doing. This is their zone. This is how they're making an impact wherever they are. And, and Paul is saying, listen, every Christian has a different kind of gift with different service. It's gonna, it functions in the way they use that gift in different ways, and they're going to be doing it in a different context. You know, Katie walked off this platform a few minutes ago. You know what Katie is? She's a teacher. By the way, She's a nurse by day, and by night she's a teacher, right? Okay, metaphor, superpowers, okay? Katie's a teacher, and she loves teaching kids. Now, Katie, is, that's, that's a gift that she has. We, we believe that is empowered by God that she, he's put on her life, and the way she's going to live it out is differently, different in a first and second grade than it might be in a sixth and seventh grade. The context can be different, and then think about how it's done in the lives of of children. Paul is saying this is the way it works. There are different kinds of gifts. And he's, he wants people to think to themselves, well, what are my gifts? What's God given to me? Now, before we get that, I got I to gotta say my, my favorite four words of the whole thing, they're the last four words, for the common good. It's like the superhero that, that got the superpowers, right? It's to do good. It's not to do evil. It's for the common good. And what Paul is saying is, listen, you have gifts you have abilities, and I, I want you to discern the place where you've been called to use those gifts, but here's the deal. It's for the common good. It's not for you. It's for the common good. It's for the working of the good for other people and for the kingdom of God. If you have your outline, flip over that page. You might be going, what in the world kind of gifts are we talking about? On the very back of your outline, I listed 20. There are at least 20 specific gifts in the New Testament that, that the Bible speaks about people getting. And I just thought this is so cool. By the way, 
Many of you know that I just finished up a New Connections class. We had a ton of people in our most recent New Connections class. And in that class, everybody studies their spiritual gifts, okay? They take a test. We talk about their personality. And then we sit down together one-on-one and we say, what's God gifted you with? What's God gifted you with? And we take time to talk about that. So this morning, I just had just a few minutes ago, Richard and Rich stand up here, right? I don't know where Rich went off to, but Richard's sitting right here. He didn't know I was going to tell you his spiritual gift, but I wrote it down here. Look on that one. See that one through 20 on the very back? Let me tell you what Richard's is. It's the last one listed there. Number 20, this guy has a gift of faith. He believes God for the impossible, and God wants him to use that faith to see the impossible. Now, he learned that. I sat across the table from him, I mean, actually in my office, I said, you ever taken a spiritual gifts test before? He said, no, no. I said, so all this is kind of new to you? Yeah, yeah. He has a spiritual gift of faith. Now, his son's probably off doing that whole, there you are, Rich, yep, up in the technology booth. Rich is number 17. Well, he's got, these guys have several gifts, but number one for his son was number 17, discernment. Now, you might be going, I don't even know what discernment is, but discernment is that, that power that the Holy Spirit provides to sense something happening, to sense it. I, I, call it, Rich, we'll call it your spidey sense. You have, a, you have a sense about something happening, and you're to follow that because God gives you that gift. Uh, they didn't know I was going to talk about them either, but last week I introduced Alan and Jennifer right over here. They stood up with their beautiful kids, right? Um, and, and here, let me tell you, look, look over at number four. Number four is service. That's Alan. Number one gift. That's the guy's number one gift. He loves to serve. It's a big deal to him. God gave him this gift, and it's super high. But that's different from his wife. His wife's gift, where is it at? Um, Jennifer's gift is number seven, giving. Number one gift for her is the gift of giving. She loves to give. She loves to teach people how to give. She wants to give in a way that would impact the kingdom of God. Her gift is giving. Now, next week, I'm going to steal a little bit of thunder here, but next week I'm going to introduce a couple of people to you, and I thought I'd throw theirs out there too. Mandy McNeil is our worship host today. She started us off in worship, and Mandy, we haven't, we haven't sat down and talked about your gifts yet. She has her interview coming up, but Mandy's number one gift is the gift, well, we have, we have, we have, just hadn't introduced you yet, is number two, encouragement. Mandy has been gifted at the top of her gift mix with the ability to speak life and hope into people. This is her power. This is her gift. You get that picture? How cool is that? And I don't even know if she's here. Is Debbie Yarnell here? I'm introducing, Debbie, there you are. I'm introducing Debbie next week as one of our newest members. Debbie, um, Debbie's gift is number six. Look at that. Hospitality. And so every, she, she makes a place welcome. And wherever she is, people feel like they just, they just drop their guard. And in that place, they feel home. They feel welcome. Is it no wonder that Debbie, every Sunday morning, is out there before you ever get to church cooking biscuits and getting the donuts ready and get the coffee? Because she wants this to be a welcoming place. And to, hey, listen, watch this. I did not, I did not manipulate this list. I picked six people that I want to talk about this morning. The last two I introduced last week, the two I introduced this week, and the two that I'm going to introduce next week. And notice this. Every one of those six people have different superpowers. You see, at the very top of their list, every one of them are different. Now, that's cool, guys. And one of the jobs of the church, I think, is to help you discover the gifts that God's given to you. And so we want you to know how that works. And I'm going to stay a little while on point number one, and I'll go fast on point number two and number three. But you got to get this. You have superpowers, okay? Some of you had a hard time even writing that down the page. You wrote that down, I ain't got no superpower. Maybe other people do. 
I don't even think they do, but I'll write it. I'm in church, you know, and, and it was hard for you to write it down on a piece of paper, but you have gifts. God gave you those gifts. Now watch this. A couple of important things. Notice in your notes there, two very important things about spiritual gifts, and I could share many important things, but two of the most important. Number one, the Holy Spirit chooses my gifts. You don't get to pick them, okay, as much as you'd like to. By the way, great metaphor again for superheroes because they don't get to pick their gifts either, right? They just get their gifts, all right? The Holy Spirit chooses what gifts you get. Now, this is interesting. That means you can't go around asking or really, you know, you can't petition. These are the gifts I want. I saw these one time. They greatly affected my life. No, 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 no. You have your gifts. So there ain't no sense in you looking at somebody else's gifts and saying, I wish I had their gifts. No. See, God gave you your gifts and he's smarter than you are, right? So you need to realize that the Holy Spirit, one of the jobs, one of the offices, we call it the offices of the Holy Spirit, is to give the gifts. And he knows who you are. He knows where you live, work, and play. He knows who your parents were and your grandparents and who your children and your grandchildren will be. He knows everything about you. And in God's divine wisdom, he gave you the gifts that he gave you. Look at number two. Second thing I want you to know. Each gift is spirit-empowered. It is spirit. It means it's supernatural. So when I sit across from somebody in my office and we're talking about their spiritual gifts, I try to help them understand, Richard, your gift is faith, but it's more than faith. It's a supernatural, powerful gift that you have got to learn how to develop and, and just explore more. It is a supernatural gift that God empowers you to use that gift in the lives of somebody else. It's a gift. So you, if you don't understand that, let me explain this differently. Remember little Katie Moat? Katie Moat who got up here and talked about children's ministry? Katie, I told you, Katie teaches children, right? By the way, have you ever had a good teacher before? You ever had a really good teacher? But would you agree that there's a difference between great teaching and spirit-empowered teaching? I want you to think about the difference there, Okay. There are some people who have great talents for gifting, and there's a big difference between the Holy Spirit coming in and teaching through Katie in that moment, using that gift to empower Katie to transcend the understandings and difficulties that people might have towards a child's understanding of the stories of Jesus or faith or whatever it might be. Spirit-empowered teaching is, is, is the superpower. It is when God takes the gift he's given to you, and then he infuses it with strength, and he does more than you think he could. It's the difference between Mike Tyson throwing a punch and Superman throwing a punch, okay? It, it, Mike Tyson's pretty strong, isn't he? I would want to get a punch from Mike Tyson, but it's going to hurt a little bit more when Superman throws a punch. So I want you to know the Holy Spirit picks what gifts you get, but secondly, these are Spirit-empowered gifts. Are you tracking with me here? Are you following with me? I see this guitar I don't even know how to take the thing off the stand. See this guitar? I, I can't really play a guitar. Don't really know how. But this thing was designed with a purpose in mind, okay? It, that purpose is to make music, to make melody. It was, it's designed with something. But here's what I want you to understand. If this thing right here sits off to the side, Nobody ever talks about it. Nobody ever picks it up. That thing will never do what it was created to do. And see, what I want you to understand is the idea here 
the reason God has me talking about this today in this I Love My Church series is to hopefully help you understand there is some things inside of you that were created to do something that you can ignore and you can let them gather dust and you can say, everybody else, just not me. And you're missing out on one of the greatest things that God gave you. But watch this. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to come in and say, you know what? I gave you this. And then allow the Holy Spirit to then start to lead, start to lead the instrument of that thing. Then we're cooking with grease. Now we're ready to do something big for God. Now you, might, you might be sitting here today going, Stephen, I, I've been in church a long time. By the way, me too. I've been in church for a long time. Nobody ever told me I had spiritual gifts. I went through undergraduate, pastoring a church, graduate school, seminary at Emory University, went away to do my doctoral program, was in a doctoral program for ministry before anybody ever looked at me and said, you have spiritual gifts. As a matter of fact, it was in a coffee shop. He said, what are your spiritual gifts? And I looked at him and I, I didn't know. He knew I didn't know. He knew I didn't know. We want you to understand you have spiritual gifts. And you're sitting here this morning going, how do I have spiritual gifts? If you are a Christ follower, you've been given gifts at the moment of your conversion. You have spiritual gifts. Do you know what they are? Now, if you've gone through New Connections and you've forgotten, guess what? Drop by my office. I have a folder there, okay? And it'll, it'll pull out your file and go, yeah, there are my spiritual gifts. Or maybe you want to take the test all over again. But we want you to know your spiritual gifts. You got your pen? How, do I, how can I figure out what my spiritual gifts are? That's kind of one of the questions on number one. How can I know what my spiritual gifts are? Because these are amazing gifts. And what are they? I've written down four ideas here for you for you to help know what your spiritual gifts are. Write them in, in real quickly. Number one, sign up for New Connections. Sign up for New Connections, and this is where you're going to take a gift test. You're going to take a personality test. We're going to talk to you about your passions and your abilities. We're going to talk to you about a lot of stuff. And it's going to be for you and about you, about how God wired you. Now, can I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit here, but you love me because I'm your pastor. I know it, all right? I'm going to push you a little bit here. Some of you guys have been saying y'all are going to take New Connections forever, all right? And I heard it. Oh, I'm going to sign up for the next New Connection. Okay, yeah, I, I believe it when you show up and we're there, okay? So here's the deal. Number one. Sign up for New Connections, and don't treat it like you're doing it for me, or you're doing it because you've been around Harvest Point for a long time. Realize that this is actually a good spiritual practice for you. This is a moment for you to actually get in, in a situation or a setting where you can actually learn about yourself, maybe in ways you've never known about yourself before. So sign up for the next New Connections class. We'll have one starting not long from now. Don't miss the opportunity to know what your spiritual gifts are. Here's another one. Write this one down. Experiment in serving. Experiment in serving. I tell people this way. Hey, listen, if you, if you want to try it out, find a place to serve and just try it out. You're not going to break nothing, okay? Just try it out. And if it works, hallelujah. And if it doesn't, then say, hey, call time out and say, I didn't really like that, you know? Maybe you'd say, hey, I'm a musician. I, I, I think I'd like to get up here and Maybe try out with these people and be up there with them and, and sing or play or whatever. And you know what? It could be great. And you could be a part of a, a great new team, superpower team, all right? You could be a part of a great new team. Or you know what? It might not be your thing. And God might, for some series of reasons, put a discomfort in your spirit and God say, hey, I've got something else for you. That's okay. Experiment in serving. Experiment. You can teach children. You try lots of different ways to experiment. You try your hand at different things. Write this one down. Number three, ask other people. 
Now, I know that that's a, that's a little hard for some folks, but why don't you try asking other people? Maybe you have a significant other. Maybe you have a best friend. Maybe you could just ask them, hey, maybe you have a small group. Hey, when you think about me, where do you see my gifts? Where do you really see me um, at being able to serve and, 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 and make a difference? And let other folks speak that into you. And then finally, number four, check out your energy level. Check out your passion level. See what you're passionate about because oftentimes that's your GPS, okay? It's your GPS. It's your, it's your, your guidance system for where God wants you to serve. So you have amazing gifts. If you are a Christ follower, you have been given amazing gifts. We want you to know what they are. And I think it's one of the church's jobs to help you know what they are, okay? Number two, write this one down. Number two, you are, I have a superpower team. I have a superpower team, the church. Now, let's move beyond Superman or Spider-Man or Batman and let's talk about the team for a minute. Can we do that together? Have you seen this movie right here? I like this. I, I'm, I, I don't miss any of these movies. These people are called what? Who? Well, who are they? Oh, you, don't, you guys don't go to the movies? Who are these guys? The these are the Avengers, right? I mean, you got Iron Man and Hulk and got Thor. You got all these great heroes, right? Now, these movies aren't out yet. But I'm such a big fan of these things, I'm excited about the next crew coming, okay? The next crew, they're not in theaters yet. Who are these people? Do you know who these people are? The Justice League, yeah. So DC Comics has their thing going, and so does Marvel and all that. I get that. But here's the cool thing. Here in America, here in America, people are spending money on money on money to get involved with these cats, Right? Now, get the picture, all right? Can we go back to the Avengers for just a minute? Get the picture because we've seen these movies. Any one of these people are super powerful, but there is something happening that any one of them can't save the world by themselves, right? They are to do it with somebody else. So, for example, see Thor over here on your right-hand side? See Thor? Thor can't save the world by himself. And so there's going to be a team of people that are going to come around Thor, and together they're going to make a difference because collectively they can do far more than they can by themselves. Read the scripture with me here, and you see if Paul ain't saying the very same thing. But Paul says in, in, uh, in Romans 12, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not some of you, not, not a few of you, not just you elite over here. Paul says, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each one of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members. Now, here's the metaphor he's using. Look up here for me, if you will. He's talking about a human body. You have a human body with different members of our body. Each one of you has a, a, your members. You have, a, you have a body. You have a different members of your body. Watch what he says. Just as each one of us has a body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ... Though many, though many superheroes form one body and each member belongs to all the others. If you have your pen, I'm just going to get you to underline a couple of things here. Would you underline each member belongs to all the others? Underline that for me. And now, now let's keep reading. We have different gifts. We've already said that, right? We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. 
If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So what, what, here's, here's the reason the Avengers is so important. The Avengers need each other. And here's what I want you to understand about the super team that you're a part of, the church. In the church, we need each other's superpowers because we cannot do by ourselves what God has called us to do together. Are you getting that picture? He's called us to assemble together, mobilize with each other, team up, and do greater than we ever could by ourselves. Now, what I, what I ask you to circle, go by there. It says, each member belongs to all the others. Here's the big point, all right? The big point is your gift was not given to you. <laughs> if you could just get this, this would be revolutionary. A little bit earlier, I talked about Mandy, who has a spiritual gift of encouragement. Now, that's sweet. That's awesome, right? When Mandy starts speaking to people, it's like, it's like wind comes in their sails, and all of a sudden, she speaks faith over people. That's her superpower. Mandy, I love you, but get the point. You're not the point. It's not that God loved Mandy so much he gave her a gift of encouragement. It's not it. And the gift was never given to Mandy for Mandy. Get it. You get it? Your gifts were not given to you for you. And see, oh man, there are so many Christians that don't get that. Can I just, let me, I'm going to branch out here. I'm about to go to Medlin instead of preaching. You see all these instrumentalists up here? Oh man, they enjoy their stuff, right? Oh, playing the bass, you know, or drums. Man, I heard Bill playing the drums this morning. The guy was killing it this morning. And it is so easy, watch this, it is so easy for any one of them up there to think they're doing it for themselves. Because guess what? They do get enjoyment out of it. They get enjoyment either playing the keyboard or, or maybe singing with their voices. They get enjoyment. But that's not the reason God gave them the gift. God did not give them the gift for them. God give them the, gave them the gift for everybody else. Let me say it differently in case you're not hearing me. Mandy doesn't own that gift. God gave it to the church through Mandy. God gave encouragement to the church to be used in Mandy's life, but it's not Mandy's gift because each member belongs to all the others, right? Each member, if you could get that. See, God is not a selfish God, and He, don't, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't bless selfish things. And when He gives you a gift... He wants you to understand the gift has been given to you to give it away. That's it. You get that picture? And so the Avengers team, let's, can we go back to the Avengers guys for a minute? We're going to go back. Thor is super powerful. And by the way, he's pretty much an egomaniac, right? I mean, he loves Thor. He really does. But every episode of this whole thing, they have to all come to this humbling place, this very humbling place of going, you know what? I can't save it by myself. I need to give the, I need to be a part of a team. It's bigger than me, you know? And they take, watch it, watch it in the movie. Watch the plot line in the movie. It will take them down to a place of deep humiliation, a place of brokenness. You see that? It, the plot line will take them down to a place of brokenness where then they can finally say, you know what? I will give myself to the team. Let's be the team. And we can do better together than we can do by ourselves. Just a couple of words here. If you ever got what I'm talking about right now, that you belong to a superpower team, that you can make a bigger difference a part of the team than you can by yourself. Two words. You might want to write them in the margin of your outline. Two words that I think are very important. Number one, the word humility. If you could really understand that God had given you powers, and they're not your powers, but they're for you to give it away, this drives you to a place of deep humility. But secondly is the word responsibility. 
it is, that's a big word. It's understanding. I've been given superpowers. I shouldn't leave them to, to just get dust or not know what they are. I've been given powers. What am I supposed to do with the powers? And you, you come to a place of realizing you have a deep responsibility with what God has entrusted to you. What is that whole... Somebody's got to help me. I didn't plan on preaching about this, but in the Spider-Man movie, that phrase comes over and over. To What is it? Uh, something about responsibility? Anybody remember? Some, some crazy spider fan here in the room? With great power... Thank you. See, you got, got crazy Spider-Man fans here. With great power comes great responsibility. That's what we're talking about here. If you ever got that, you would understand the humility, humility that you're to have about the gifts God's given to you and the responsibility for you to use the gifts. And before I move to point three, can I just stop for a minute and just tell you what one of my greatest fears as I preach this message, I probably should have started with this, that some of you out there are going everybody else but me, number one, and that others of you are saying, well, not me, I'm too old. Not me, I'm too old. Maybe the young people, maybe they, they got gifts. I just kind of wanted to confess that. And I would say to you in the power of the Holy Spirit this morning, baloney. It's not true. It's not true. You've been given powers. And listen, you can blame the church or clergy or whoever you want to blame for nobody ever helping you figure out what your gifts are. But guess what? Right now, you're a part of a church that's doing everything it can to help you learn what your spiritual gifts are. So own up. Own up and realize that you have been given great power and responsibility. And it ain't just for you. It's for the body of Christ and for the world. You are a part of a superpower team. The church. And it can be the hope of the world. Write this one down, last one. I live in a city in need. I live in a city in need. See, every one of the superheroes... They live in a metropolis, uh, a Gotham. They live in some city. They live in a world in need, as a matter of fact. Maybe you could write that down. I live in a world in need. We live, I mean, is our world broken or what, right? It don't take you long to figure out our world is a broken, sinful, dead and dying world. And, and we live in that kind of world. And here's what I want to tell you, and, and this is just a very short point on this, number three. The church needs you. But more than just the church needs you, beyond the church, there's a neighborhood here. Locust Grove, McDonough, Jackson, Griffin, Stockbridge. This, you live in a city that needs you. And not because, Joel, not because they need you, but because they need God. That's the city we live in. That's the neighborhood we live in. They need God, and you have the powers that God has entrusted you to make a difference. They need God, and we need to use the powers He's given to us to make a difference in the world. So what does that look like? Well, some of you guys have been, have been called to use your power to bless children. And you're not doing it right now because you don't even know what your, your gifts are. Some of you have been called to bless teenagers. And that's, whoa, you know, big, big need. Huge world, huge need. And you're not doing it right now because you don't even know what your gifts are. Or, or maybe you've, used, you've held your gift for you and you haven't really released your gift for the world or for the need. Some of you guys um, recently, I, I love the fact that 
that Whitney Pash said, hey, we're going to start packing book, backpack buddies, and you know, we're going we're to put food in there on the weekend, we're going to bless. But here's what I want you to get. While I'm talking about a city in need, we, we're sitting right here next to Rocky Creek Elementary, Luella Elementary, middle school, middle school, high school, high school. We sit right around these schools, and do you realize how much need is in these schools? And I love the fact that Whitney came forward and said, you know what? Here's a need. Kids are going home hungry. Now, we're going to try to meet that need. 30 families in our church are going to be packing backpacks to give kids food over the weekend. But don't you agree that as much as they need food, they need God? And so the goal is not just to, not just to give them food for the weekend, but for, to answer the call of the need right here in our own city, right here in our own neighborhood. That's the call, right? I'm sitting around people right now. Some of you are saying, I feel called to women. I want to I love on women. I want to invest in women. I want to speak to women. Some of you guys are there with men. There are so many different groups out there that are in need. And, and here's the clarion call. Will you understand what your gifts are? If you don't know them, will you push deeper and learn what your gifts are? And then would you prayerfully say, okay, God, you gave them to me. Now, what do you want to do through me for the rest of the body? Because I don't own these myself. This belongs to the body. You see that outline? I put, I put three final questions there for you. Three questions I hope would kind of stay with you, even as you left the property today. The first one is, do you know your gifts? That's very simple. Do you know your gifts? The second one is this. Why did God give you to the church? Why did God give you to the church? Remember Paul's message earlier? If it's prophesying, then prophesy. If it's leading, it's leading. If it's encouraging, encouraging. If it's giving, it's giving. Do you know your gifts? And if you do now know your gifts, are you using them in the church? Why did God give you the church? And look at that last question. Why did God give this community the gift of you? See, if you have been given superpowers and you're not using them, you fit pretty well with Merriam-Webster's definition of a superhero. You just got superpowers. You're just a guy or a girl sitting on the couch eating potato chips. You're not really a superhero yet. Why did God give this community the gift of you? It's so that you can make a difference in this community. It's so that you can say, you know what? I belong part of a team and I'm going to make a difference. I'm going I'm to become a hero. And by the way, it takes action to be a hero. So two final closing thoughts as I leave you today. We're talking about I love my church, right? Two final thoughts. First of all, this. Would you imagine with me? Everybody look up at me. Would you just imagine with me something? I want to imagine something for a minute. What would happen if everybody in our church, everybody in our church knew their gifts and were functioning in their gifts? Just imagine for a minute. Just imagine with me for a minute. What would happen if every person in our church knew their gifts and they were all functioning in their gifts, and they were taking action with their gifts, what would happen? What would happen to the world if every Christian on planet Earth found out their gifts and they started acting in their gifts? Imagine. Imagine with me for a minute what would happen to the world. Do you see how important this is? So if you can imagine it, I guess my challenge to you is simply this, my closing words today. Here's my longing for you as your pastor. Discover your gifts. Discover 
and develop your gifts, number one. That's my hope for you. And then watch this. Watch this. See if when you start discovering your gifts and you start developing them and you start kind of practicing using them, see if you don't start getting excited about something, all right? It reminds me of that Spider-Man movie when all of a sudden the guy started realizing he could, he could fling out web and shoot across buildings. You remember him? He was going like, wow! He's flying all over the place, right? You see, watch this. If you discover your gifts and you begin in developing them and experimenting, you see if passion doesn't flow out of that. You see if you don't, that doesn't energize you at your soul. You see if that doesn't happen. And then finally, discover and develop your gifts. Start experimenting with them. See if passion doesn't flow out of it. Final thought. In the name of Jesus, become the superhero you were created to be. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for gifts. And I thank you that in your great plan, you gave us gifts. And I pray we would be that kind of church that is pushing the envelopes, every person in the church, saying, me, I want to use my gifts. I want to be all that you created me to be, God. Set me afire, set me ablaze, and help me to make an impact in the community that you put me in. In the name of Jesus and for your kingdom's gain, we pray. Amen, church. Amen. Love you. Love you. God bless you. Have a blessed week, all right? I was always there. I wasn't a new person. I was still family.